0: A reading from the Gospel of John. I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Alan. Let's pray. God, here we are. Somehow we show up every week, and we need to hear exactly what you need to speak to us. So do that today. Send your spirit. You promise always when your word is proclaimed that your spirit comes to hold us, to make things grow to have us here, that right where we are is right where you are, and you meet us there. Amen. You know, I think I would like this viney image better if we could just skip the verses that talk about the withering branches that are collected and burned. The image Jesus is talking about today is one of a vineyard. Now, I know nothing about grape growing, but I am an amateur raspberry farmer. I know those withering branches that Jesus speaks of because I've seen them and I've touched them. They're crooked and they twist into the chain links of my fence and they get intertwined with other viney things that are not raspberries. And sometimes I am out in my yard untangling them like Christmas lights trying to figure out which branch is which as I work to tend these raspberry bushes. And those withering branches look like they're 100 years old. They're gray and they're wrinkly, dry enough to snap right off, leaving a hollow, narrow trunk that I can almost see through. Shriveling pieces of branches break apart and fall into the ground as fragments. I have to bend down really low to collect them, so they don't cover up the new growth. Maybe I'm just agitated with these verses because I feel withery myself. This last year has taken its toll. We're not bouncing back as quickly as we used to. The weight of daily life seems to crush rather than strengthen. And then we hear that the wilting branches are gathered and burned. It doesn't give us much hope, does it? Is this our faith? just to grow and then wither and then die? Oof, not really the message that we're yearning for as we turn the calendar page to May 2nd, 2021. I was talking with a therapist this week and I asked her what is it called when life is really hard and you never really get out of the clear and when bad news meets bad news we're all on edge. The work you do doesn't seem to do what you think it does. You don't know what to make for dinner. We have pandemic fatigue and we wonder if even small steps to justice daily hopes and prayers can bring about something other than what we're experiencing right now. What's the diagnosis for this? I asked her. What's it called? She paused and then she replied, Beth, this is struggle and it's a part of this life and you need to talk about it. Hmm. I sometimes without realizing put on all or nothing glasses and I wonder if you wear these glasses as well. I lost the baseball game so I'm a bad baseball player. We're back in school full time and I'm still anxious what's wrong with me? I'm still feeling sad even a year after a death. Why can't I get over this? I'm tired of change. Can't things just settle down and in the next breath, I'm ready for something different. We feel the catastrophic sense of every moment. I really understand that because I feel it too. And this withering seems to happen a lot in May when we're just so eager to see something green and lush coming out of the ground. We end the rhythm of the school year. Even if you don't have kids, you know that cycle from September through May. We look back and think, was this work we were about this year, did it matter? Did it go as we expected? Is it really worth doing? And then we look ahead and realize we can't know the shape of how life will be when things supposedly pick up in the fall. Maybe this is why the opening three words in Scott Peck's infamous book, The Road Less Traveled, are life is difficult. I'm sorry, this is probably not what you came to hear at church this morning. That life isn't what the Instagram photo promises or announces and those withering vine branches are cut down and burned. Or maybe these words sink into your soul because it's a parched place because you're feeling it too. The plates of life have shifted for you and you feel off. Something is not quite right you are feeling nothing but withered. Well, I suppose I could say amen right here and we could end it and call it a day, withered meets unsettled, and we're so used to that. So why did Jesus speak these prickly verses? Maybe it is because Jesus knows how taxing this life can be because he walks in human body also. The world seems to turn in on itself in the all or nothing mode. Power seems to win. And then we easily begin to see life in others that way too. And I guess if left on our own, that's all there is. You are either a green plump branch or you're withering like a vine. Jesus speaks these words and shares this image of the ever-growing vine to the disciples to prepare them for the time that Jesus will not be with him. It's a farewell, and it's one that's spoken with loving assurance, not judgment. Because of Jesus, the world is no longer an all-or-nothing world something has already changed the vine grower is still interested in bringing life a life that bears fruit life is not just a survival of the branches the struggle the strife the withering is a part of this life we both inflict it on others and we receive it ourselves And it's not the end of the story. The vine still holds. The vine grower can't stop tending the garden. This life is not all about the branches. The vine is still creating as they dry up And who looks at a raspberry bush or a vineyard anyway and sees only branches? It's the berries and it's the grapes we yearn for that grow where we least expect them. They're found underneath in clumps, plump and juicy. I'm not an amateur raspberry bush farmer for the branches, I'm in it for the fruit. both consume and to give away and when i really think about it i never know where the lusciousness will grow but it always does we have this rhythm in our week in worship even now when some of us are here in person outside and some are online we gather together we're forgiven we hear a story of God and the world, and we're fed with bread made from grain grown of the earth and wine pressed from fruits, All of which bear a promise that growth will meet us on the way. We get another chance every day. The vine grower promises this in our baptism. We are reminded that branches are a part of something bigger and quirky enough to get tangled and off balance, needing to be readjusted and pruned. It's complicated. It gets weedy and unruly, all for the sake of growth, the wonder of new growth, and the joy in what is produced. There's more to your branch than you see right now or you feel right now. The vine has roots sunk deep in the earth, pulling up nutrients and nourishment for it to grow and renew, spreading underground to anchor the mess. Jesus says, abide in me. Do not hear this as another thing to do. Receive it simply as a promise that life and growth is happening even when you can't feel it or see it. The withering part is a part of the story, but not the whole story. Maybe you need to hear this today. And maybe you can share this fruitful message with someone who does,
0: amen.